we're live. Emma, hi, thank you so much for being on. Welcome to a We Laugh podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good, thank you so much. Um, just to start, uh, take me back to how you got into fitness and how you ended up where you are today with running your own training academy and education facility. Uh, God, <laughs> it's a really twisty road <laughs> <laughs> that led me here for some reason. But um, yeah, I mean, I've always been involved in sport, like, you know, football and uh, gymnastics and swimming and competing all my life and netball and things like that. Um, ended up sort of in psychology and research psychology and things like that. Uh, did my master's degree in health services research and statistical data analysis, things like that over in Sheffield. And, you know, ended up as a research fellow with Queen's for years and, um, you know, did a bit of sports psychology as part of that. Uh, loved that. Um, but then austerity hit and then I took a job. Uh, you know, I was working with people who were maybe two, three days diagnosed with cancer. And I realized that the statistics didn't just quite cut it. I needed to have more involvement in people's lives. So um, I ended up taking a, a job with a counseling organization. and. Um, Basically, uh, after years, of, uh, I had two maternity leaves and that didn't quite work out too well. Um, so I ended up um, in an equality commission uh, court case, uh, which I had to, which, you know, ended in a, a settlement and a confidentiality agreement and all of that. And um, uh, so with my settlement, I completely retrained and just I was at one of the lowest points of my life. I was like what what am I going to do? <laughs> so I thought, you know, this is your second chance at life. You know, go and do something you love. And that's when I ended up doing is doing something I love, which was sport and physical activity and health. And, you know, mental health was part of that as well. So um, I ended up completely retraining in um, sports massage therapy, PT, set up my own business, and then eventually set up Alpha um, to help other people retrain and I just knew that there was others like me having to start over their lives again and to give them the support to do that. And that's where we started, and that's about eight years ago now. And um, just before COVID hit, um, I uh, opened my brand new high performance facility and carried off. And yeah. that was in October 2019. And then, well, March, April closed. So, so I haven't had even a chance to recoup my losses, my yeah. investments. Yeah. You, had, you had about five months, give or take, before it all kind of went a bit up the left. Yeah, that's crazy. So, it's... it's crazy. And the members that we were getting were like people that were coming in that have never had a gym membership in their life. And they just walked in and they were so happy to be through the door and they didn't feel overwhelmed and they just got a really good feel. And most, I mean, I'd say the majority, I mean, we sort of had this really crazy diverse group of our high performance athletes come through the door mixed with these people that have never had a gym membership before and you know the work that we were doing was one was as exciting as the other you know yeah, to it, take them from yeah yeah it would it would be a nice community you know you have the balance of high performance athletes where it's so regimented and so so to the point of nutrition and training and then you've got yeah so casual gym goers that are just trying to be fit build their confidence, things like that there. And now it's all taken away from us. <laughs> um, I had a look at your facilities there. It looks it looks amazing. Um, yeah, so how have you been 
operating or have you been able to operate since COVID hit? Well, I mean, we've been very much down within the, the legislation and, and adhering to legislation and the legislation changes with each lockdown as well. So um, I'm going to say, in all honesty, we have used environmental health to keep us right. And I'm not going to, they have been absolutely phenomenal at their job. Really, really, really good, really helpful, really supportive and keeping us well within the legislation. So, um, you know, so I've... Um, people that are coming in and um you know still depending on the legislation at the time what the lockdown regulations are like and how strict they are so we were still allowed to have elite athletes come in and train which is fantastic um and then um at the right times we're still allowed to have some rehab therapy go on as well so um again so we've been just about skimming along but like none of our average Joes or normal average gym goers and that's what I've been petitioning for is this is a pandemic that particularly hits people with bad cardiovascular health and it's the it's the average person that needs to be in the gym looking after and actively protecting and taking active steps to look after their health you know positive steps to actively look after their health and this is why I just I actually feel like my I keep saying this phrase, I keep feeling like my cheese is sliding off my cracker because I can't get my head around the logic of why we can't support people to take these very positive active steps to keep their cardiovascular health, you know, maintained throughout a time when it's going to be attacked or it's vital, it's crucial to keep people's health and fitness up at this time. It's it's the whole sort of package of training, you know, because if you're if you're really into your training, you're going to be more in tune with your nutrition and your rest and recovery. So all those things are going to help with battling any sort of virus that is going to be around. Um, it like it, it is it is so strange that like I understand that the because a lot of people are confused. They don't know what to do. And if we were in their position, we'd probably be just as confused or but mm-hmm. it is it is so bizarre to think that something that on paper and is proven to give you a better chance of getting through this it's taken away from you now obviously yes you can go train outdoors and everything but a lot of people like the community feel of going to the gym they maybe train with a uh, a trainer or a coach or they train with a friend so it's easier for them because not everyone's walking into a gym and fully confident going gonna hit a couple of squats here a couple of deadlifts no sweat yeah, but not everybody um, walks into gym and a lot of people are uh, would verge into nearly like the GP referral group where they have additional medical complications, which means for their health, they should be with a, per- a personal trainer um, somebody that can support them through their training. Um, you know, and they're exactly the people we need in here that can be supported in a one-to-one basis in a very clean, very, you know, I keep saying it is within our responsibility and completely within our interests to keep our facilities as clean as possible, because if our clients aren't well, they won't be through the door. So they won't be training with us. So it's completely within our responsibility. It's only how gyms have ever been and only how they ever should be. You you clean down before you use equipment and you clean it down after. It's no yeah, biggie. It's, it's, the thing that confuses me is how things like the supermarkets now understand supermarkets have to be open you need your food and your groceries but if you can go in with your mask on 
and sanitize your hands before you go in, then why wasn't there ever a time where you could train people put your masks on? And there was even that period where all the equipment was being cleaned before and after use. So it's it's kind of like they didn't even want to sort of give those same options for the for the fitness industry. It's it's just they just wanted to shut it down. It, it seems anyway, and I don't they haven't made any more announcements on when they're they're looking to reopen either, have they? No, and again, Wales are saying um, their their um, government are taking this. You know, we're there thinking it's one of the first things, one of the first services they need to reopen with, like, you know, um, because they see the vital importance of it. And our <laughs> ours are not, you know, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, like, you know, there's they're saying, like, oh, it's it's down to the statistics. Well, put it like that. I have a master's degree in statistics. I, I Have you had a critical eye over those statistics? Because I, I can tell you, you know, that... Uh, you know, your odds don't stack up. Your argument doesn't start stack up. It doesn't. It, it doesn't stack up. It, it it makes for me a very implausible argument when I can walk into a petrol station and be in very close proximity to practically limitless a number of people in a petrol station, and I can touch the Kit Kats because that's a great choice, and um and I can touch the you know. Uh, the breads and I can lift milk and put and, and put it back and touch the grapes and squeeze you know but, but nobody's sanitizing those you know when I've decided I don't want them I'll just put them back but I can tell you something every single dumbbell is sanitized before and after use if you come into a gym and you pick up corona it's because you haven't adhered to the protocols that are in place so you need there of course there has to be a certain amount of personal responsibility to this as well but i think it's an extremely manageable risk that has a very very little impact and here's the thing northern ireland actually per head has very few big commercial gyms like your pure gyms we don't even have dw anymore you know we we have a few of the big commercial gyms but most gyms and even if you consider the council gyms are very much run like a private facility. We are very, very able to manage our facilities um, and protocols. And I know Pure Gym have the same, just because they're a big commercial gym, doesn't mean that they're not using the same protocols that all of us are using. I mean, even if they brought in protocols and made us adhere to them and checked us, any gym would put them in place. Because, yeah, yeah for us, it's not about even... The memberships of the money because you know it's about we've built a community and we know how much our community is suffering not getting through the doors yeah and it's it's the whole thing of pe- people that are training um there's there's so much more than just the the, the physical uh attributes you get from training you know it's your sense of achievement your routine the increasing your confidence and Everyone that goes to a gym wants to go back to a gym. So like you say, with the protocols, we're all going to follow them because we want to be back in the gym. We want to do whatever it is we need to do to train because it's for for a lot of people, it's such an important part of their day. For me, like it's every day at around five or six, I'd have been like, okay, gym, I'm going to be feeling great after a train. And then I know for the rest of the day, I'm I'm feeling good. I've got my nonsense out of my head because I trained and taking that away from people like, 
saying that yes you can train individually or you can go outside bar obviously this week but the weather's been the weather's been shit you know so no one yeah no one wants to go outside and running's not for everyone if you want to like maybe a walk it's you maybe 20 minutes into a walk you're like maybe this is not for me it is for some people but it's not for everyone but having the option of gyms leisure centers and the outdoors and whatever else is available at least then you can give everyone uh somewhere that they can go train or an option of getting their 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 health fitness wise you know in in order and to me it's nearly getting down to the point of being an act of discrimination you know by preventing people from accessing gym services um saying to somebody just go and train outside that doesn't work for people with disability people with disabilities can't just go and train outside they can't just go and do a push-up which is what i was told by some troll on naomi long's uh, facebook page She's, uh, some guy said to me, well, sh- sure, why don't you just go run? If you want to do resistance, just do a push-up. And I was like, mate, there's like 16 things wrong with that sentence alone. You know, so like, my feeling is, you know, we're now getting the point of discrimination. Disabled people don't have access to just go and run outside. They don't have access to just... and. Um, a lot of disabled people need a personal trainer with them to go through the exercises to keep them safe and healthy. Um, I work with a, a young girl who suffers um, from uh, she has physical and, and learning disabilities and suffers from grand mal seizures. When she's training with me, she doesn't take grand mal seizures. When she stops training, they come back. And that's disgraceful that her quality of life has been impacted, that she can't control her seizures through a very safe, manageable um, protocol, you know, to be able to come in through the doors. And yeah. and we're also talking about other acts of discrimination. It's great if you can afford to go and get your gym set up as a mini gym. Well done you. How many people can afford the price of gym equipment right now? It's crazy. The price of gym equipment is crazy at the minute. I mean, resistance bands, kettlebells, dumbbells, the price is through the roof. And it is discriminatory that only those that can afford to buy them or get access in some way to them are getting access to that kind of training. That's an act of discrimination in and of itself. And I don't blame people for making money at a time. I mean, that's 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 life. That's capitalism, right? That's how life works. I don't blame people for selling equipment and putting a price on it and putting a premium on it. It is what it is. But it is discriminatory against people that can't access it. I can't afford to access it, never mind people that wouldn't know what to do with it or people with physical or learning disabilities that wouldn't be in a position to use it um, and, and need that support of a personal trainer to help them use it safely and effectively for their condition. Yeah. I think See, we're really starting to step on human rights and civil rights at this stage, you know. Yeah, the thing is, like you said there, you know, for, for telling people to go train individually, those people might not have a, not an, a lot of knowledge when it comes to training or or the, the fitness industry in general. So that, that's why they need the coach. That's why they need the personal trainer to, to, to complete the exercise with correct form because it's so like i i have injured myself a lot of times it's so easy to injure yourself if you if some say someone just give me a couple of dumbbells and i i didn't know much about training and i'm like oh, i'll just watch this youtube video of a home workout and then you go and do something and then next thing you know you've hurt your shoulder you've torn your pack whatever and then 
And then yeah. it's that that person's set back even more, you know, because yeah. then now they can't even do any training because they're injured. And then it's that whole, and then it leads into the mental health of, oh, I can't train. I'm injured. I, I don't know if I can train again by myself. I have to wait for gyms to open. When are they going to open? How are they going to open? You know, it's. And <laughs> if, if you're injured, where do you end up? Hospital. In the NHS. <laughs> You know, and what are we trying to do right now is prevent pressure on the NHS. So around Christmas time there, I cracked a rib. Uh, <laughs> it's I, a really I had that before. Horrible. How, well, how did you do it? How did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> do you know when you tell somebody, you wouldn't just crack my back, oh, but yeah. crack, uh, crack my rib. So, yeah. Ooh. So that was, yeah. <laughs> so oh. ended up in hospital just to get it checked out make sure it hadn't impacted on the lung or anything because it was in a lot of pain and there was me sitting there and it was during you know that time during the it was the curfew week and um christmas week I remember there was ice on the roads and there was ice yep. everywhere and i was sitting in a whole ward of other people who had cracked and dislocated and fractured stuff and there were all cracks and fractures from them going out and trying to do exercise outdoors and every one of them cracked injured dislocated so dislocated shoulder dislocated elbow fractured tailbone uh fractured femur and all of these people are sitting in any because they tried to keep their health and keep the, keep up their health and look after themselves and they went out and the conditions weren't right and they ended up as an additional pressure on the nhs yeah. do you know what i mean I seen uh, I seen an article uh, from the start of February on BBC website about the amount of young kids that were in A and E from uh, self harming and sort of emotional stress because obviously with schools being closed and yeah. like their their whole schedule and routine is gone and when you're so young, it's you you haven't you're not not to say you're not immature but you're not mature enough to know how to deal with such a crazy pandemic and such a crazy situation you're in so they were they were getting a lot more uh 10 to 17 year olds i think was the the age being admitted into a e because they obviously just had all this free time but they didn't know what to do with it and they didn't know what to do with themselves so that added pressure is just going to fall onto a different area if it's not from just general sick uh yeah. unhealthiness and being sick you know exactly yeah and do you know <sighs> Like, to me, I think we will see the remnants of this in years to come of the the issues that that this is, that this will present major issues, I think, in the long term uh, for child mental health. Um, there's people I know, um, one of one of our gym members, uh, he usually comes to the gym and um, and it does help with his mental health. And if he doesn't come, his mental health is poor. And, you know, he he ended up spending some time sectioned um, just to get his mental health back on track. That's disgraceful. That man should never have needed sex. When he had had a very, very clear way of dealing with his mental health is come to the gym. And look, I know people get tired of hearing, oh, gym and mental health, gym and mental health. Oh, there's loads of ways to look after your mental health. Until you've suffered with your mental health and know that this is the one thing that keeps you, like you say, routine, 
is massive, is more important than I think we'll ever really, you know, uh, give a credit for. But that routine, that headspace, that time, that personal space in a gym. And I know it's a collective space, but it's a very personal space as well. And it's time to get your head right and feel right. And we know that the gym is more than just a physiological stimulus. We know it's a, you know, releasing hormones and serotonins and stuff that keep us right and keep us regulated. It's, um, you know, we, we're still a base human. Do you know, we still respond to stimulus. We are not meant to be stagnant. We are not meant to be sedentary. We do not respond well to sedentary behavior. Humans are not meant to be sedentary. We are meant to be active and moving. Uh, I mean, all of our circadian rhythms are based on it, you know, on movement and rhythms. And um, to say to say to people, oh, uh, you know, I got a comment the other day saying, oh, uh, can we not just go back to, I remember when the gym was just about uh, training and we didn't have all this mental health bullshit. And I'm saying, but just because that's not relevant for you doesn't make it irrelevant for other people or a very valid method of people maintaining their mental health. And there's a lot of people that do. And I think they're very underrepresented at the moment. Yeah, but to that person making that comment, mental health has always been a part of training. You know, for for a lot of people that maybe don't even have a goal, their goal is just to train so that they can feel like they've got their inner stress out or they've just they can relax after they've trained. So that's always been a part of training for me anyway, especially I know that as soon as I've trained, I'm 100 percent. My mind's clear. I can relax. There's nothing sort of fizzing around in my head. So that has always been there. It's because the gyms have never been closed to this degree. It's never been an effect on our mental health because we've always had it. So it's only because they're closing now, we we now realize how important they are. So I think that's just ignorance from some people really, isn't it? Maybe don't train or they don't understand the benefits of training. And, And maybe it's just not relevant because it's not relevant for their narrative doesn't mean that it's not relevant for other people's yeah. you know experiences of life you know so it's it's about recognizing like you know as I keep saying you know we, we just have to keep understanding that we're, we're all coming up this in a different way and just because maybe you don't train in the gym doesn't mean that you know unless you've trained in the gym and, and understand what you benefit from it it's very hard maybe for somebody to understand what we've, what we've lost out on here. Um, and that's what I keep thinking is, you know, I invite the MLAs and MPs to come through the doors and get a sense of what it is that people get from my gym, what they get from all of our gyms. And, um, you know, because unless you understand, unless you really get it, you won't get it. Well, that's, that's life, you know. But, um, you know, it. It's vitally important, you know, and I, that's why I think it's, it comes down to two things. Either they don't understand or they just don't care and they're just not listening. I think you know? maybe the latter, latter is what they're leaning towards really, isn't it? Because if you look at some of those people, not not the sort of get out their character, but they look like they've never stepped in a gym, to be, to be honest. So they, you feel like they wouldn't understand where the likes of gym owners and gym members are coming from. But I know the the petition you started has reached over the number of signatures you needed, right? It's, it's yeah. reached over 100,000. And have you had any 
sort of feedback on that if, if anything's going to be discussed no well we've had a few and like um, we've also been emailing and um, sent letters and messages to uh, all of our MPs and MLAs to <laughs> various degrees of success do you know so like for example um uh no, some we've got some very positive responses. Others, like, uh, not one of the MLAs came back to me saying, you "Sure, you're getting paid. What, what's your problem? Sure, you're getting paid. Sure, you're being that paid." Just up, that just sums up their character. And I'm, I'm like, mate, I'm losing about twenty thousand pounds a month here. You know, eight hundred pounds doesn't cut it, mate. You know, so like. I'm getting paid, but do you know what? Like, um, you know, that's neither here nor there. The whole thing is, I would rather have my gym open, people through my doors into my training academy, and you know, and able to access gym services, and you know, access to the facilities. Do you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't matter to me if I was getting pound for pound. I still want my doors opened. You know, again. That's part of a work ethic. You know, you want to work. You want to do your job. My, I see my job as a, a pure and utter privilege to get up and do my job every day. There's never a day I don't want to get up and do my job. I want to get up and come to my job. I'm an active person, so I don't want to sit on my sofa. I don't want to be paid to stay at home. I want to be in my gym and, you know, um, seeing my people come through the doors, happy, healthy, going out, bit of banter, bit of crack seeing them feeling better for being in and being part of a gym community. And even if that means a reduced community for a short period, you know, even if that means only one-to-one -one for a while or, you know, X number of people per square foot. As a gym, as a gym owner, I know all of our, like I speak for as a lot of gym owners, oh my God, we would do it with a hand and a heart. You know, we, my gym alone, like the... What like with ceilings, with space, with you know, every single piece of equipment is socially distanced. You know, so you could have somebody at every piece of gym equipment and still be socially distanced. A lot less tighter than a petrol station down the road. Do you know? So <laughs> or the or the Sweetie know. Island Tesco's where there's about fifty people all getting fighting over the Haribo. Um, I seen um, the 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 technical advisory group group for the Welsh government, they, they were saying obviously about, they think it's important for the gyms reopening, but they were saying that it'll have to be something along the lines of reduced uh, capacity and maximum ventilation. What if there's a gym that doesn't meet the standards of their ventilation? And then they're, so how, how is that event, investment going to come about to upgrade your ventilation system? Is that going to come from the government or is that going to come from them? And then already there's going to be these businesses that are, x amount of pounds in the hole before they can even open and that's if they're allowed to open so yeah. it's just I, I'm, I'm trying to understand what they're going to come back with to say that yes this is the the protocols that need to be put in place for them to open because you would think that they would have came up with it by now because this is it and like you know and you can understand why they're thinking about the idea of ventilation and like we're very lucky we have roller doors we can <laughs> put the roller doors open and yeah. basically then you just have a big shed in, in here, you know, so that wouldn't be a problem, but that is going to be a problem for a lot of gyms, you know, is, you know, 
is just opening the windows going to be enough? You know, it seems like, uh, you know, that's a really difficult question, you know, and I very, very, very much doubt, I, you know, I very much doubt the government are going to start funding ventilation systems. Um, I think that's going to be down to the owners themselves. And I really do think we're a long, long way away from group exercise. You know, never mind individuals coming in to train in the gym. I think we're a way away from group exercise. Now, I'd love to see the outdoor exercise come back again. You know, even if it's just outdoor, body weight, non-contact. I think possibly over the summer that'll come back. But I think we're a way away from group exercise for a while now yet. I think we'll be on Zoom for a bit longer, as joyful as that is. I know, yeah, but see, that's the thing. It's when, when you're used to a certain style of training or if you're used to being with a certain individual or in a certain group to train, it is difficult to sort of get your head, or, head around the new style of training. And I, yes, everyone has to adapt in all aspects, not just training. A lot of businesses have been affected. It's not just the fitness industry, but this, it's so difficult because a gym is somewhere that's dedicated to your goals and your training, it's like you said, not everyone can just set up a gym in their house. So it is so much more difficult to to kind of build a program around yourself and to know what to do. Because, you know, not like I said before, not everyone has the knowledge that someone will just see something on YouTube and go, oh, that guy or this girl said that. So that must work. But it could be detrimental to their, to their physical health because they're just following someone else. And, and here's the other thing, that a lot of the people that go to group exercise will be like, you know, typical mums, right? That the only time that they get to themselves is to go out to some kind of group exercise for a bit of social contact, a bit of banter, touch base with other mums and have that wee bit of space. And, you know, now that's limited. And okay, yes, they're still trying to keep it up and do it in the house and stuff, but, you know, uh, you know, I, I've seen it work. You know, I've been um, training um, clients, and you know, even my own kids are getting under my feet, or their kids are getting under their feet, or do you know what I mean? So, like, it's um, you know, there's nothing like having time and space set aside for just you, because you know, and it's working moms and working dads. You know, um, all of us. Um, because it's, it, you know, there's a lot of dads out there doing a lot of stuff with their kids too and taking over the childcare at this time as well. I mean, I know my husband is, you know, he's doing a lot of it. And, you know, it's really important to have that set aside time. And that just doesn't, I can't believe that we don't have, you know, that we don't put more value in that. There's so much value in that. And I know what they're really worried about is that with group exercise, it's less about, you know, them being at individual stations what they're worried about is this you know chattering at the end and too much social contact at the end and but you know what i again i think that's rubbish because as an instructor if your clients get sick your clients won't be walking back into your class so they'll stop paying you if you're a good instructor if you're wise and knowledgeable and manage your clients and manage your space and manage your, your classes you won't allow that contact to happen you know, you'll get them in, do their class and make them disperse. Because if contact happens and the contact ends up having, you know, some kind of outbreak of corona, you're not having those members walk back in and hand you five pounds per class again for the next few weeks or exactly. worse. 
or yeah, worse. And, and then you might have that whole. Yeah, that's the thing. It'll be the whole thing of like, oh, I, I caught COVID there. You know, I, I don't want to go back there or whatever. So then, then it can affect your reputation and that can spread around fast because it's what's on everyone's mind at the minute too, you know. hundred percent. Um, so, I was reading. So I just think, all I was going to say is, I just think it's, I think it's naive to think that as instructors and business owners and business managers, you know, that we wouldn't know how to manage our business safely and keep our, I think it's, I think it's short-sighted to think of group exercise as being so dangerous when I think actually, again, there's ways of managing it that could keep it very safe. Yeah, I was reading uh, an article from the Mayo Clinic and they were saying what they view as the way forward is if the gyms are open, online reservation, obviously reduced occupancy or more of a focus on virtual classes. And it's like, Yes, like I understand that can work, but the virtual classes, you know, in a, in a group setting anyway, if you're, say you're struggling, if you have that person beside you or the coach right in front of you being like, come on, give me one more, two more, they come over, obviously keep their distance and, and give you a bit of encouragement. It's, it doesn't come across the same way over video. You know, if I was training right now and you were going, go on, say two more, two more, three more, like it's it doesn't have the same effect as if we're in the same room and you're actually there feeling it. And the other thing is, is one of the big things in group exercise as well is that you can very discreetly go over to somebody in a class and just go, just put your hips back there. You know, whereas when you're on camera and you're going, Sandra, 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 hips back, Sandra, Sandra, get those hips back. Sandra, I'm still speaking to you, Sandra. Oh, God, you're ending up calling out somebody. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Everyone else is looking, going, why Sandra not listening there? What, what, what's Sandra doing? <laughs> oh, what, what's Sandra doing wrong? Do you know? And meanwhile, you've got a cat's arse going past the camera as well. Do you know? <laughs> and like, you're going, like, the last thing you want to do is, you know, out somebody. I mean, that's something that we were very much trained in the courses in group exercises. When you are working with a group, you go over and very discreetly instruct and re-demonstrate and reset. Do you know, you know, there's a very, you know, there's a very distinct protocol in that. So that, again, in a group atmosphere, you don't single people out and you don't make them feel embarrassed or shamed or that they wouldn't want to come back to your class. And um, I find it really hard in Zoom not to go, Sandra, I need to put those hips back. Sandra, bend the knee. Bend the knee, Sandra. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you know, you're winning up. Are you going to keep them safe or are you going to just not embarrass somebody on camera? You know, and yeah, I, just, a... I find that hard. I, I find yeah. that very hard. Very hard. Even, even on camera, you know, for example, if someone's doing a squat, are you able to see foot placement, hips? Is their back straight? Their their is their spine straight, or is their uh, head in a neutral position? You know, it's you're only going to see so much of someone on camera too. So then you run that risk as well of possibly increased likelihood of injury because maybe you can't see their feet or something. So I I, I just don't think the virtual like virtual class if if it can happen now then yes obviously it's the only thing that can happen. But in the long run, it's just it's not effective training. I, well, I, no. I don't think so anyway. Not 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 long term. Not long term. I think um there's um you know even as a personal trainer, I'll never stand like this to somebody squatting. I'm like, you know, you know, you need to move around. Yeah. You need to 
down, you're looking, you're, yeah. you know, have the brace right, you know, and like, hard enough, person, you know, in person, and then you're, you know, yeah. trying to commute that on the screen. Look, we're making the best of a very unique and difficult situation, very challenging situation. We're doing the best. And do you know what? I think a lot of personal trainers have done really, really well. I think they've been very, very good. I think they've done really well for their clients. The, you know, we're doing the best we can. But considering the circumstance, I don't think it's good enough. I think there's better. I think there's better options and safer options. And I think there are very, we can, we can manage it very safely and offer access and um, safe and effective access to training facilities so that people can actively um, promote and manage their, their, their health and well-being, their mental health and well-being as well. I think what's the most frustrating is it seems like it's a contradiction because of the likes of the, the grocery stores, it's reduced occupancy in certain ones. And obviously you have to wear your mask, you have to sanitize your hands on the way in X, Y, Z. But why then can't that just be uh, spilled over to gyms and follow the exact same protocol and have maybe five to 10 people in at a time, two stations apart, whatever it is, make sure you're wiping down, you know, like, so, so that's what's confusing. It's why can't we have that option at least? Because if we can't have that option, what is it they want us to do before they can reopen? Because I don't know what that answer is. And obviously they don't know yet. Otherwise they would have said it. So it's, yeah. it's just, it's worrying to think that it could be a while until they reopen. And that's. And what I keep saying to them is we have to have a roadmap back um, post lockdown. We don't seem to have a roadmap. Nobody seems to have a roadmap. And what we're trying to do is, facilitate and contribute to that roadmap um i think that's really important um and the fact that they don't see the value in that is distinctly worrying yeah it's that's it, it, it is worrying because i we just don't know what it is that's going to be the answer to get these businesses open again um but yeah like uh, i don't know what's going to happen so emma are gyms essential very much essential not just essential absolutely vital vital 100 (laughs) listen i know you have to shoot on so i appreciate it so much that you coming on here and talking about that that was it was really good and i learned a few things there too so i'm hoping if if we chat again the gyms are open or we're starting a riot somewhere to get them open (laughs) um let's just get the panzers ready Let's just storm. <laughs> I think a few weeks ago, if I got my hands on a Panzer, I think I would have been at Storm and Store, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but hopefully, there's light at the end of the tunnel and plenty of weights and uh, bicep curls and everything in the future. But look, I'll let you shit on. Thank you so much for coming on and best of luck, luck for the future, whatever that may hold. And hopefully, really you're, you're reopen again very soon. Thank, Thank you. you so really much. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay. Great talking to you. Thanks, Emma. You too. Yeah, bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.